Well, hello and welcome to Wilson and Windsor's Libertadores podcast, the pilot episode, the first episode. I'm here with Mr. Oli Wilson, who is kindly hosted tonight. In... Buenos dias. Oy. Buenos dias. Hablas español casi perfecto, tío. Sí, sí. <laughs> bueno, bueno. ¿Y tú? A mi español perfecto. no está, no este está mi podcast. <laughs> And we're also here with not just a Boca fan, but a deluded, arrogant Boca fan. Exactly. <laughs> More than this. <laughs> Nico, thank you very much for coming along today. Thank you so much for for your invitation. This is the first of many, hopefully, uh, Wilson and Windsor Libertadores podcast. And there is the opening goal. This is for Canister to go. It's a reflection, but you can't take it away from the debutant. It's a splendid moment of quality from the youngster. Guerrero. The away goal in the 90th minute! Deluded and arrogant, but a Boca fan on the left. No, but I liked your, you sent a voice message to Oli that said, we're Boca, we're gonna win, right? They should, you know. This is Boca, my friend. They have a luxury lifestyle, so our identity is just to win everywhere, anytime. So that's what this guy have to do, you know. This is Boca. No, because I said to Oli, I really don't fancy Boca. I think Atletico Paranaense will win. And, yeah. uh, but you were confident anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, no. I, I, well, do, but what's it based on? Because, you know, it's not such a strong Boca side, right? Sorry, I mean, it's not, what's the confidence based on? In my confidence about yeah, this yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a new team, I think, but is the we keep the base of uh, the previous experience and the last Libertadores Cup. So I think uh, we um, we reach we, we step one level up in terms of which things, which uh, part of the field, which players we have like a few problems, you know, in the, in the past, I think. So um, in terms, for example, we still have problems. Well, for example, the two defenders, the central defenders, for example, Lisandro Lopez is a very good defender. We still have a Izquierdos, I think, which one we have to replace soon. But, well, I hope uh, and I think they will they will adapt very soon, you know. Like, I already played the first half of the, of the year and mm -hmm. they will be adapted. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I think I really I like more the, the style of Alfaro. It's a little more defense style, you know, but uh, I think... He can do a good job in this time. Pete was saying he's like a rubbish manager to watch in terms of his sides don't play attractive football at all. Yeah, <laughs> at all. I know, I know. But it's, it's not attractive, but well, for my side, because I'm a, you know, a Boca player, every fan. <laughs> yeah, you said he was uh, a deluded Boca fan. <laughs> he thinks he's playing. Yeah, I'm a new player, new sign up, okay. No, the Rossi, Nicolas Pauli. New, he turns uh, up every week in kit waiting for somebody <laughs> to go to Boca. Point him out. So I'm, I'm a Boca fan, so I think uh, this team is way much better than mm -hmm. the previous one. And uh, they had the experience of the previous season, so yeah, definitely. The bad experience, but the experience yeah. nonetheless. I hope we, we learn something about the yeah. bad experience, you know. I want to talk about the Rossi's arrival at the airport. It was six, <laughs> it was 6.45 a.m., right? Amazing. And the airport is like out of town. Pack. Yeah. And there was an incredible amount of Boca fans there. 
Yeah. It was, um, that's the thing that's unbelievable. It takes like an hour to get to the airport. So you're waking up at 5.36 in the morning. Because really for us, it's like, uh, it's something historic, you know, something like, uh, we, we never have like a... But you had big players coming from Europe to Boca before, so... Yeah, but you know, in the last the last years, in the, the situation of our country, you know, it's so complicated to have players from Europe. Uh, I know the situation of the Rose is a kind of a retired player already, but uh, but it's like uh, all of us, all the fans, we, we really appreciate the, the effort of this guy who's coming and uh, who choose to come to play here in Boca Juniors over any league, which one for sure you're going to earn more money, for example, any Chinese league, sure. like do the like Xavi I guess or something. The outside place. looking in, you'd think expectations are just too big it's ridiculous well and also I, not to poo on the parade too much <laughs> but i'm gonna uh aside from maybe offers from china that have been loose and rumored i've not heard of anybody else really being interesting in de rossi since roma said that they're going to get rid of him mm-hmm. so it's not like i don't see it as he's fended off competition from all over europe or from other clubs and i'm going to go to Boca. this is going to be my place it almost seems like he's treating Boca like a China and like a Major League Soccer, and it's but without a place. cash. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. but he must be—he must be on a pretty decent wage. But he could have made loads more money elsewhere. I guess yeah. that's the sacrifice. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think at the end everything is business. You know, like uh, we know, we understand. Also, is it's a great moment also for our president because it's like uh, this year in this December is the election of our. Mm future uh, you know, next our next president so I think this is a good way to you know to introduce how good he was part of this. the election campaign isn't yes, it yeah. exactly you know you you hire like a, a great well superstar you know like it's a it's a great player not nowadays because it's like what I mentioned in the beginning you know it's kind of a retired player mm-hmm. already but you know, for us, it's like we, we keep in our eye of this guy. is like the the champion. Well, he was uh, the he were, he won the, the world. Yeah, he's Cup, a huge. You know, he, he like, was uh, slash is a huge name. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's he was the heir apparent to Totti. Took the armband and was the man at Roma. Roma through and through. Boyhood club. Father played for them as well. And that was meant to be the end of the story kind of thing. It's a weird side route for him sure. to go on, you know. Also, if he didn't know what it was going to be like playing for Boca, then the arrival at the airport, like, I mean, he looked a little bit shocked, right? There wasn't enough security around him. It actually, yeah. like, the footage of that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it is quite crazy. That's the one thing that makes you uncomfortable about <laughs> I, I, Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, the not, not the taxi rides out. or anything like actually, that. Actually, he, he confessed, he said, I was expecting something like this. He wasn't expecting it. He was. He was. He was, because he... always During his uh, career, he shared so many, well, the, 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 the line-up with uh, Paredes, with players who used to play in Boca Juniors uh-huh. and of course they had like chat with they like, talking about how is the experience to play in Boca and how is that feeling you know like for example Leandro Paredes Nicolas Burdizo actual actually this is our manager now who he was in the part of the business you know trying to to get here to come back to came to 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 come to Buenos to Boca Juniors so he was expecting something like this and you know, it's like for us, it's like a super rock star, you know, like coming here, <laughs> our new gladiator. We all, everybody Jeez. says like it's Maximus, you know, like, but, uh, but uh, re- really, the, 
everything is gonna be like every well our feelings is gonna be how how good his performance in, in, in the field of course sure. you know now it's everything is like we really appreciate and our passion goes by more like these guys choose our league or our team you know over any another team around the world i know i understand he can so choose. you're gonna win the libertadores this year of course he's confident he's recording <laughs> Yeah, 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 don't worry, we'll send you this message. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I hope, I hope. I try and, I'm trying, I'm going to book in now my flight to Santiago, Chile. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Hotels already sorted. I really, like that, okay, yeah. fantastic. But like, out of the 16 clubs in it, like, about eight of them probably think they should win it, right? Like, all the Brazilian clubs think they should win it. River and Boca think they should win it. Of course, yeah. Everyone is confident about it. Well, you except know, for like... Liga de Quito, Cerro Potenio, yeah. and Libertad and Olympia. Like, everybody else feels that their name's already on it. Yeah. Cards on the table, I think Liga de Quito are going to win it. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the hipster's choice. Do you want to beat? <laughs> Let's make a beat. You've got to give me good odds. Uh, I saw that they were 20 to 1 to win it, Liga de Quito. Wow. Which I thought was big. They're going out this round. <laughs> So Oli's back in Olympia. Um, really? Olympia will come back from 3 really, For the glorious yeah, yeah. time, glorious yeah. moment, golden ages. <laughs> win 2-0 win at home. They, they've played some of the best football yeah. that I've watched in this tournament. Olympia. So yeah, yeah Olympia fantastic. Really I, I was good. surprised about Flamengo, you know, all the, the, the players. Yeah, I was, I was covering the game and like, yeah, yeah. They, you could really feel the... I mean, it's a huge result for Emelec, but... For Flamengo, it's like a disaster, but it always yeah, happens to them, right? Terrible. No, at this stage, if you check happens. the line up, so many players are coming from Europe. Really good players. players. Yeah, and I was really shocked. I didn't watch the game, but I mean, like when I checked the next day the score, I was like shocking, you know. Uh, was with Emelec, with a play, with a team like I didn't expect too much about. But it also must be really annoying for clubs like Emelec that when people talk about the Libertadores, you're basically only talking about Argentine and Brazilian sides. Yeah, like it must be frustrating, which I totally understand because historically, yeah, guys, historically, again, if you check the last in the last five years, yeah. or most of the time, well, Argentina, yeah, the, 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 all the story, but uh, the, especially the last five years, mostly Argentina teams reach the, the final mm. or they won the the, the Libertadores. And luckily, what River played once, twice, you know, but uh, <laughs> what can I do? Yeah, and especially the last one was terrible for us, but... Uh, I mean, how terrible? I can't... Like, it's hard to imagine that you move on, like, to lose the biggest game yeah. against your yeah. bitterest rivals. Was terrible. I, I, I like, had to be honest with you. Like, how long did it take you to recover? Well, I don't know. I hope, I hope uh, this time in Santiago de Chile we can recover okay. this pain. But, well, uh, it's... I had to be honest with you, it was ter terrible, terrible. Especially, how was cry? that game? No, no. Is there not like an asterisk next to it though? Because yeah. of it being moved to Madrid, you kind of see you didn't really win a couple of stories. Really weird. Yeah, line. you didn't win home and away kind of yeah. thing. Well, like, you went to court, didn't you? Yes, uh, last week uh, they go to the TAS, uh -huh. and I don't know how was uh, how what decided the TAS, but really it's sure. not necessary. It's just something I, I feel like really. I I not agree the for the, the presence going there just keep the, the the games you had to win in the field you know it's exactly the same situation happened like five years ago when River Plate go to the Taz and they decided to pass the the round against us when they, all these things about the pepper gas and mm -hmm. 
but uh, you know, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Yeah, I know. But uh, but well, I I think the games you had to win in the field. That's the only way to pass there. But um, yeah, I, I guess it's difficult for you to be objective about River. But what do you think of them in the Libertadores this year? Like they look strong but not spectacular. I think um, you know is. It, it's really similar, look what I'm going to say, but uh, this River play is very similar to the Bianchi's uh, team. I feel the same feeling about this, this team, because um, really in the last past five years, for example, Boca Juniors, every year changed almost the 70%, 60% of the lineup of the team. And River play always keep almost the same lineup, you know, like, is uh, always promote promote like um, um, the promote the, from within promote like the, the youth and yeah the youth stuff. Yeah, this so is like ridiculously rare in South football American football, football as well to yeah. have Garcado is like to have that consistency exactly for five years. Because for us, you know, now if you realize we, we get a lot of new players, but they take times to adapt to our our football our. The, our style of football as well is is something different. You can be the best top striker or the best defender in any team around South America or even in Europe. But you come here and Boca Juniors is something not because I'm a fan, of course, but it's something <laughs> unique. You know, it's something different. You have to adapt it to the pressure. You have to adapt it to the team. You have to win every Sunday. Every, and the Libertadores is mm. our obsession. You know, like everybody wants. Of course, any team, every, every team wants to win the Libertadores Cup, but for us, it's an obs obsession. Really. Well, it's about chasing Independiente, isn't it? Uh, yes, we are very close to Independiente. You have and six, always, they have seven? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. It's getting level. That's the thing that seems to be the driving but, force. But we yeah, have a... Fanaticalism around we it. We have three... No, we have a more international cups than, than international, like in, in intercontinental cups than, than Independiente. As okay, well. but yeah. you have less yeah, Libertadores. Libertadores is Libertadores. <laughs> and the Libertadores podcast. <laughs> but I want to talk something about that because in this moment, Independiente always, when they... In the time when he won the Libertadores Cup, they started in the quarterfinals. He didn't play this the the groups like usually doing now. Okay. So it was easy. Is this another to... asterisk? Yeah. yeah the, and also the second <laughs> asterisk is like uh, in that time in those days the it was completely different. Like they repeat the same lineup for five six years. It's here it's unusually to to repeat the same lineup every year like you do independent so mostly of the players already not very well know each other so they play like memories you know like yeah. here is is completely different like the moment we live in in in, in the situation now in the, our football you know which every year you change or you sell a lot of players or you buy a lot of players yeah. you know it's completely the, the, the lineup changed completely so, so rivers win last year doesn't count independientes wins also uh have an asterisk next to them. So it's basically Boca or nothing. <laughs> yeah. I want to add another asterisk. We never lost our category. Yeah. We always play in the first one. Yeah, so, yeah. But when you talk about Boca, obviously it's like a cliche that it's so like it's such a unique club. But when I was in La Bombonera, it, it really like, I was surprised how much it moved me. Like it is quite astonishing. Oli, you're going on Sunday, right? Yeah, I'm... Um... It, very you will say, I'm very really excited. surprised how like it is. Yeah, I mean it's awesome. I'm very glad it's you said that, awesome, and it's recording yeah. now. So yeah, for yeah, everyone, of course, of course, yeah. it was, um, so if you're going to the River Play Stadium, just 
be aware to bring a very thick uh, jacket because it's very cold there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have the same thing. Uh, You're going with the blue and yellow face paint on, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you go to the Monumental, he's converted already. Exactly. Well, if you're in Buenos Aires and you want to see a game, Nico's your guy anyway. Yeah, of course. Just I have here. Well, I can add my, my mobile phone, I can my yeah, email, you can, you can contact me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one's listening yet. So it's <laughs> I should say when you walked in today, you thought you were getting paid for this podcast. Ah, okay, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I do want to ask you about the um, the Paranaense game from earlier in the week. In the, look, it's a great victory on the road, especially after the loss in the group stage and all that stuff. But um, it's a really linear side. Mm-hmm. There's it no is. wits in that team at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Naitan Nandes is the only one that's stuck to his flank. Yes. And he's going to be going, at least you say, after the next tie at home against Paranaense say mm-hmm. five days' time. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to find that wit from? Well, this is really the Alfaro style, I think, you know, like kind of a very defensive style. And also, I was also surprised about how he. Arrange or he he uh, designed this lineup, you know, this team, you know, because for us we we're not very well adapted to the, this kind of super defense uh, style, you know. Always Boca going, trying to, especially now with this style of uh, this um, uh, this uh, one is not the new rules. Which one? The goal when you when you um, score. As a visitor, is double goal, you know, like okay, yeah. away goal. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think like really, we we, we I, I didn't agree about what how he organized the team. I, I expecting a little more offensive, you know, like especially in this when you score, it's like a twice, it's a double goal. But uh, well, I, if you check the score, well, the result was <laughs> okay. So yeah, good for Alfaro. It, it, it just seems. Like four central midfielders playing as a midfield four. Uh, like I'm not going to pick holes in it too much, as I say, because they've, they've sure. got the result they want. You know, some players certainly stood out. But later on in the tournament, there is going to be a side that, and we've seen a lot of the highlights today of the games, there are a lot of sides that play really well with some good... I mean, Liga de Quito were sure, excellent, sure. like, kind of coming down the flank. And the Bra- two or three of the Brazilian sides, for sure, like... Yeah, yeah, you look at Gremio, like, depending on when Everton actually goes, because he will be going, obviously, that'll be a big loss for them, but they still play with a lot of pressure right. down the yeah. flanks. And it's somewhere where Boca can get picked off, and it, it does seem like a potential worry further on down the tournament, let alone against this Paranaense side that could still produce something in the Bombonera as well. I mean, they, yeah. they only lost in the group stage mm-hmm. in Buenos Aires mm-hmm. because of a sending off that allowed them Boca to take the upper hand and get two late goals. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, it's true. But, uh, yeah. But don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you won the game and you got one foot in the quarterfinals, so, yeah, it's I close. Hope, yeah, yeah. And River might get knocked out, so you might not, because River would play Boca in the, in the, sem- in the uh, semi-finals, right? Like yeah. if if you both win and you well, win the, the, the ideal final. thing is ah, to have uh, yes in semi final we cross yeah, yeah. River yeah. if they get past Cruzeiro and then get past the winner of San Lorenzo Cerro Porteño ah, and you win your games then yeah you get ah. to, you the idea play. is you have Boca River yeah. semi final and then Gremio against Internacional semi final so mm. it's the derby of the Double Porto Alegre derby. and derby nice. Buenos nice. Aires and then the winner of those derbies meets in the final. That would be the best outcome and if you meet River in the semis like in terms of security like what. Because, because me, actually, we were talking about the, the Superliga game, which is 
in yeah, early September, September, right? Yes. It's already at the Monumental. Yes. It's but there's uh, no away fans still. No, no, no. If just for the National League, it's only home uh, busy. Is that, that ever going to change? Supporters. I don't think so. Well, no, it's, no, it's no. just... They, the tested it, they tested it a few years ago with... With like this, teams that are really far apart yeah. and not rivals and also not the big teams you know like uh, Racing against uh, Patronato something like this I think Aldo like, CV against Aldo Sporting San Juan or something yeah. like that so it's, like, uh, it's, it's like teams which one moves like for example 300 supporters even less you know like <laughs> disregard yeah. yeah. probably it's going to be more policemen than, than supporters <laughs> in this game sorry for the guys who <laughs> support <laughs> these teams but it's there uh, reality but uh, but I think we are especially in the last the last um, uh, situation we have in, in, in the Monumental Stadium sorry in the Mudo Mental which one is Mute Stadium and if you translate <laughs> in Spanish um, this has become the Boca Copa Libertadores <laughs> podcast hasn't it yeah, I yeah. so I, I don't think it's gonna change something especially in the in the next 10 years I think I don't think it's gonna change in the in these next years, you know. It's, it, have, it, it's weird as a fan as well when you're in there and the opposing side scores and they have no one to celebrate, no one to look to, right? No like corner of the ground to. It's like, really strange. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, the, the other day, well, I remember uh, Mora once he strikes one goal against us and he do like the celebration like a shotgun, and you know he always celebrates in this way, you know and everybody looks like oh why you shoot against our our supporters Boca Juniors but yeah he doesn't have any <laughs> river supporters to, to celebrate this way you know but yeah it's is I think we are the only league in the world which one doesn't allow uh, away fans, away yeah. fans no on a permanent basis like that like I think so I don't think even Brazilian has something like that I wouldn't know off the top of my head about Brazilian. Better, better ask JC about mm, that. We'll have yeah. a chat with him later on and find mm-hmm. out. I know some leagues in Europe have had to do it like on a temporary basis. Oh, really? Oh, in terms of like, well, sets of supporters have been banned from certain games before and things like that, and you've had clubs that aren't allowed to travel and have away tickets for various reasons. That's mm-hmm. come up in Italy a couple of times, I know. But as a default position, yeah, for for season after season after season across the league that you're not allowed away fans mm. it's very American it's like it's it's not the case in the USA that you're not allowed away fans but the distances are so far apart that people just don't generally travel that often it's if you live in the area you'll maybe get try and get a ticket off somebody mm-hmm. for a, an away game of your team mm-hmm. but if you score in, in a, like a touchdown in the NFL in an away game there's no one to celebrate with or anything like that wow. and it's very peculiar wow. also what's weird is like so many of the clubs are from Buenos Aires right yes so like travelling around the city should be it's easy it's and it's the 60% of the teams are from here mm-hmm. you know, the, then the 40% is the rest of the whole country so yeah we don't have so many but yeah, anyway, for example, Rosario is only three hours, two hours away from here and, and Rosario Central and Newt's are really big supporters which are moves all around the country for, for the team. So, but yeah, it's, it's terrible, this, this situation, you know. I, I think it's part of the folklore, you know, the, 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 the something... I really miss, you know, this you kind, of, it. Yeah, this part of, the kind of experience, part of the folklore. But also... 
kind of put into justification after the couple of tourist final last year. I mean, it, it's folklore and they're on yeah. camera that you can't trust it on a big game like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, but well, you know, in, in this in this situation, the final of the Libertadores, everything was wrong. You know, the police uh, operation was terrible, bad. You know, how, how you can like three blocks away from the stadium, you leave every, all this area like the bus going there, you know, like free of uh, police security, you know, like I, I think it was, a, and especially in the, that corner was a huge, uh, like mountains of stones and rocks because they're constructed pedestrian street. I don't know what happened. Are you so telling me the like organization in Argentina wasn't, wasn't perfect? perfect? It was. Because I found that hard to no, believe. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, I know it's hard to believe, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's true, it's true, it's a big does, reality. If, does it pose a potential problem for that semi-final? This is something I think you were thinking about asking about 10 minutes ago when we got sidetracked about sure. away fans, but the idea potentially of a semi-final between Boca and River must be the nightmare scenario suddenly for Buenos Aires at that point of... They have away fans. They have to have away fans. It's, it's not the Super League, so. And yeah. it's over two legs again. Well, first of all, I hope we reach a semi-final. Well, I'm confident, really. but yeah, I really hope. And I hope River is not in the semi-final as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's something... Well, I don't know how we're going to manage this situation, but... Uh, yeah, I think it had to be like the same style as the Superliga, you know, not with uh, uh, with the, uh, away supporters, you know, the fans. Mm. I think it's going to still the same, especially with the last scenario we have in the last final. So yeah. if we if we peel away from Boca and River in the top half of the draw, in terms of upsets, Gordo Cruz, like I thought they were terrible, but they got a great 2-2 draw, didn't they, against uh, Palmeiras? They were excellent. Yeah. For the first... 25 minutes or so they were really good and amazing how I think the average age was something like 23 in that side it was so young and Palmeiras anyone who doesn't know Palmeiras arrived tried to land in Mendoza on Sunday night and the winds were so bad that their plane had to be diverted half the players were apparently vomiting on the plane and stuff like that Ooh. it was an absolute nightmare well. so they got diverted to Rosario then went across to mm. Mendoza on the Monday so their preparation coming off the back of like pretty Very poor well. domestic form as mm -hmm. well was a nightmare. But even so, there was kind of a gung-ho attitude from Godoy Cruz of, mm -hmm. well, we're not going to be intimidated by them because we don't really know what we're doing at this level. They've only been in this, <laughs> they've only been in the round of 16 one other time and haven't made it through yet. So it's kind mm -hmm. of, well, we might as well give it a go and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And could have been 3-1 up at half-time had uh, Sergio Garcia pen. not missed his penalty, would have had a first-half hat-trick. They, look, I'm not going to say they're going to go to Brazil and get a big result. I think it's a big result for them. Two, oh, two, two, two is a big result, but I mean, going yeah, to Brazil would yeah, be... Yeah, but to, to go to Brazil and then get something else, it's asking a lot. They've got to score at the end of the day, but mm -hmm. if they can score, it puts mm -hmm. the Catamans' opinions a little bit. And mm -hmm. All of the Brazilian sides seem to have dropped off in form coming into this round of the tournament domestically. Yes. Yeah. They've all had a... Almost all of them had a bit of a rocky road, except for Gremio, I think. And it just yeah, who beat Libertad 2-0, yeah. yeah. And would play the winner of Godot Cruz, Palmeiras. So there's just a bit of frailty coming in into some of those sides at this point. It'd be nice to see a big upset. I think the only other upset that you'd look at would be the MLEC one. Yeah. But even in the Maracanã, maybe Flamengo can, can turn it around. But well, you, you watched that game. I mean, it, from the sounds of it, and the highlights... Flamengo had all the ball, and yeah, MLEC took their chances... 
It was fascinating, to be honest. Because of the really position of the ball. Yeah, yeah Flamengo had all the ball and had chances. And to be honest, the second goal for Emelec was completely against the run of play. Uh, but they got it, didn't they? Yeah. You know, it's a 2-0 lead. I didn't expect too much out. about them, like, really. No, no, and Flamengo like, always bottle it at this stage. Mm-hmm. So, 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 how was uh, Emelec in the group? Uh, he was in the first... Uh, first uh, he was uh, first in the, le- in the group or second? Like, Emelec finished second in their group with Cruzeiro. Cruzeiro first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Spearheaded by uh, Brian Angulo as the, the front man. Fantastic. Love yeah. this guy. He's just an... Absolute mammoth up front, <laughs> mammoth. Yes. Mamuche is yeah. uh, people call it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he can play a bit as well, like as a hot as a focal point. Yeah, it's, it's too cliche every time. Sure. Like, big touch, a good touch for a big man kind of thing. But he is a very good holding forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, without him, they they can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he scored four goals, I think. Of the he's had about six ruled offside yeah. as well in this tournament yeah. so far. He gets angry every single time, <laughs> and he's always two yards yeah. offside quite yeah. easily. VAR is just going to frustrate him even more now <laughs> with some of the decisions that go on. But yeah, and and now the game is in Quito, no? Emelec is playing on Guayaquil. No, that uh, Emelec won. Yeah, it's on the Pacific coast. Ah, Pacific. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Emelec, uh, yeah, Guayaquil. Yeah. Ah, okay. So it's on the coast, so there's no altitude. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. people talk so much about the Libertadores and, and the effects of home and away advantage because from a European frame, you're always thinking playing home and away doesn't really make much difference. It's two hours on the plane, whatever. But in South America, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah, especially if you play with, uh, well, for example, Liga de Quito, which one is like 3,000 meters over yeah, that sea level, or even Bolivian's teams, you know, it's like terrible. La Paz is like 4,000, something like this. It's, it's terrible, like the situation here. Yeah, here you can feel it more, the, this. Yeah, if, you look, if you look at the comparison between the Champions League and how many sides win at home in the Champions League and how many sides win at home in the Libertadores, it's crazy. It's, it's home advantage is, is a big deal. That's why Liga de Quito are going to lift the trophy. In terms, in terms of altitude, though, they are the only side now left in the tournament that have a kind of an altitude advantage, aren't they? Yeah. They're, the only, yeah, yeah. they're the only time that you think going away from home, you're really going to struggle, not just because of the travel, but because of that advantage as well that they have. Aside from that, everybody else is on a semi-regular playing field of, okay, it's not a thousand metres or so or something like that. It's not going to be too bad. And it's always late on in the games as well. Like it's the last 20 minutes, I think, when clubs aren't, when sides aren't necessarily used to it. Yeah. And I heard that clubs used to fly in like five, six days earlier to try and adapt. But now the mentality is to fly in as close as you can to kick off. So there's no adaptation. I don't understand the science behind it. But yeah, they've gone the other way now. Apparently the science suggests now you just go in and have, you literally fly in two, three hours prior to kickoff as opposed to five, six days. Yeah, this is a new way. It's a new way, yeah. places like three or four have you been ever to Quito I've been in Quito you know because well I used to work on a cruise like ship and I've been in Quito and after Quito the um, we we going to was an overland tour like you know we're going to Quito and then we're going to Cusco and the first time when I go especially I, I was working for like four months in sea level no all the time we're going to different ports but when I go to Quito that night I feel so bad you know like terrible headache and 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 I was I was thinking that moment because I said like in two thousand or three thousand meters over the sea level, if I have a headache, I can imagine when I go to Cusco, which one is like four thousand, five thousand, and, and then I have to run around for an hour. Yes, exactly. And I said like, how hard is it for 
even for me, because I was working, like having like a regular kind of <laughs> life there, you know, like you a never player like yourself. <laughs> exactly, you know, like. But I can imagine when and when you go into La Paz or these places in Bolivia, which one is even even higher, you know, like. And you had to run for 90 minutes. And, and you were walking around, you felt it. And obviously you can't see Nico on this podcast, but hey, you're in decent shape. And you, you're saying that walking, you could really feel it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I feel like in, the, in this moment, I say like, wow, yeah, this is completely, completely, <laughs> really complicated. Because sometimes when we're watching the games, especially our national team, you know, when it's going to, to Bolivia, which one always Bolivia is playing La Paz. Mm. I was like, come on, you, you're training every day, you know, you have to be on good shape, you can adapt it to, but not really, this is terrible, terrible, it's really complicated. That's the reason I always have this kind of uh, oxygen mask every time you're trying to get some air, you know, up from that, but it's, I, I think FIFA had to, have to make like the new rules about height the restrictions on yeah. the <laughs> it's a, it's a Why, that's where the club is from and different conditions is part of the game. Yeah, I, I don't it, think it's part of the game. Come on, you have to be. It's a World Cup. You got to play it anywhere in the world. I I don't. I I think it's an extra advantage which one this team because then when but that's what home advantage game, is. I know, but you know, I remember in 2000, uh, Boca Juniors plays against Blooming, first first game of the the tournament of the Libertadores Cup, and we lost one 0 against Blooming. You know. And I remember it was the first time Carlos Bianchi played in the Libertadores Cup. I was with my dad. I remember that time and say like, holy shit, I know. This is a terrible team, you know, always play good in the National League. But then we're going for something higher, like a Libertadores Cup. Yeah. We're not going to do nothing. We're going to lose. And we lost 1-0 in that game. Then Blooming came to Boca Junior Stadium and we beat 5-0. And, and the five score was uh, was struck by the same player, you know, Alfredo Moreno, and 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 you know how can it be such a huge uh, difference between these two two games, you know, like and yeah, it's this. But then I think the the, the best thing had to be not take advantage about the altitude, you know, because then for example, any Bolivian or or this uh, Liga de Quito, if we play them with the the best team in Europe in the same regular level, because it's only one game, for example, in the International Cup or now the, the World Club Cup, is is completely different, you know, because when you have two games, one home and visitor, you can take some advantage about that. It's a, like a strategy, but not about a strategy about about football, about quality, about your skills. It's more about the strategy about your weather, your no weather condition. I mean, like like your Altitude conditions. Yeah, you know, but home advantage should be all aspects of playing at home, like the stadium, the quiet, like everything to do with it. I don't think you can punish a side it's, for... It's having that home comfort at the end of the day. You feel completely settled, and it's the thing for an away side to deal with whatever elements get thrown at you. It's like a, a team, you know, from the far end of Europe, you go and play earlier on in the Europa League, that's... It's freezing cold when you get to the kind of the November, December time. You're playing one of the Russian sides in the Champions League. You you have to learn as Real Madrid to deal with that cold, but it's an extra thing that gives. Mm-hmm. You know, Barté Borisov got that win against Bayern Munich a few years ago in the Champions League. Not saying it was because of the cold, but it's that that adds to the intimidating factor. Mm-hmm. And 
Altitude has to be allowed to come into that as well. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. You can't, I, you can't I, tell I the pastors to dig a stadium three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know about what you're talking about the freezing, but for example, if a good team has a good performance, a little, you know, in the snow or whatever, any condition, they're well adapted. Then when you're gonna play like for international cup with the with the, in a in a place, for example, like Dubai or Japan, we used to be before. Then you're gonna see the difference between both teams, you know. But then, but what about if you're in a city that it rains a lot, like Buenos Aires is raining a lot at the moment, yes. right? Independiente played the other night. You could say that's a geographical advantage. They're more used to the rain than a, a club. That, but it's something. But it will have an impact. It's raining here and it's raining in Bolivia and in Ecuador in any place. And likely that day was raining. Well, it's something like. I don't know, I think it's... It's, it's certainly it's, an advantage that there's only a small number of sides or countries can really benefit from. Mm. But, I mean, I still put it down to the natural elements. Mm. And there's no other way around yeah, it. You I can't think. tell the yeah. Paz that they have mm -hmm. to go and play however far away no. from home. They, they play for like a hundred years there, there, you can't suddenly say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well... We have two different points of view of the situation, but yeah. Whatever helps Boca win. Yes, yeah, we had to put the stadium yeah, like, yeah, 2,000 meters over the sea level. The race of Bombonera. Yeah, exactly. But La Bombonera, maybe, I'm not going to say it's no more, but what's, the, what's happening at the moment? Because it seems unbelievable that it's even a debate that. I mean, it's really convoluted, the argument, but essentially well, it could be extended or knocked down or everything's open for discussion. Well, you know, the, the, our president, because this is like the second uh, mandatory, how do you say it? Like, uh, like it's the second season, I don't know how to say it. Like in term. Second term. Second yeah. term of our president. Uh, he can be like the third term because it's, uh, it's not allowed in our Boca Junior Constitution. <laughs> so uh, he promised, like, four, eight years ago, two things. He says, like, pre prepare your passport because we're going to travel a lot with Boca Juniors. Even to Madrid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, not to Madrid. We're playing, we, we expect him to travel at least to Abu Dhabi, Dubai, or Japan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, no, yeah. for International Cup. Uh, okay, so the first promise, he never did. You know, he never. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, he he didn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and the second one was to rebuild a new, not rebuild, but make like a better uh, redevelop, redevelop, exactly. So both of these promises never uh, we've complete. You know, like so. So you didn't vote for him? No, no. No. Do you want it redeveloped then? I don't want a new stadium because there have three. Um, sorry, I want to redevelop, especially to make a circle stadium. No, oh, but the whole yeah, point yeah, of yeah. La Bombonera is that you, you want, want the circle. circle. You want. I want this, the whole the same So the side of the stadium that's kind of. It's a street. It's like boxes. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say weird because it's yeah, the only yeah. way you can. It's I so want, unique. I want so a stadium like the same as like now because it's like if you. Check from aerial view is like a D, you know. I yeah. one circle thing, the same as one side, the same to the other side. The same but is that not losing the uniqueness that makes the Bombonera the Bombonera? I mean, that's how 
especially coming from Europe, how I always know how it. You identify it. Yeah. So, yeah. You see that side that predominantly boxes and is straight onto the pitch, and then. The but leg, maybe I guess Nico, you've been staring at it for thirty years. You know, the so pressure. The pressure is not about that side. The pressure is about the corners or the the, the where the goalkeeper is next to the goal. Because which one you have like a huge wave of fans behind you yeah. coming to you, and that side. It's not which one you feel more depression of the bombonera. The yeah. depression is more about when you're gonna kick the corner, for example, because when you have all these guys, you are pretty next to to you. You know, it's only one glass separate you or the player from from yeah. the fans. And uh, if and if you make like a huge like the same the same ring we have in the right wing, you know, to the left wing, I think it's gonna be a great acoustic. I think it's gonna be something like because now it looks like a Greek amphitheater, but I want like more like a Coliseum, you know, like okay. <laughs> if you put well, like you got the gladiator and the Rossi, yes, so. we have the Rossi, a gladiator, everything. <laughs> we need the lions, and that's it. Tigre, <laughs> yeah. the tigers will come down, I guess. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, it's something I. This is way off track I guess of Libertadores discussion but like football stadiums changing is something that I really dislike these days and I'm sure it's just pure nostalgia more than anything else but when you see these Bowls. almost ugly stadiums because they haven't been developed into something posh and new and sparkly but you almost when you look at them you get the sense of all of the history that's gone into them you know the Camp Nou is not a picturesque beautiful stadium but you know what's been and passed through those walls, the mm -hmm. San Siro. And I think it's the same with with the Bombonera in the again, I've not I've only seen it from video, TV, pictures, etc. Mm -hmm. But it's not an aesthetically pleasing, grandiose no, stadium. Mm -hmm. But that almost fits in almost with what you think of Boca Juniors when you think about it. Like yeah. bit grimy, bit dirty, bit feisty, fiery. <laughs> that's what but, we want. Yeah, that's the yeah. intimidating yeah. like passion that comes with it. And that unique side to it is a part of that yeah that, that's definitely what we want and we want to keep especially the members you know where all of our club well i'm a member i really want to keep the the same the same identity you know our stadium has an identity but of course we need to kind of refurbish it a little bit you know like make like a little more bigger the stadium because there's so many members who wants to be a member and it doesn't have a place for them but one project was just to to make a completely new stadium kind of similar like Atletico Madrid did with, uh, the, with the Vicente Calderón you know like make a new completely one the stadium in the same place in the same place no 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 sorry it was in, in another no, the place. training ground you told me this exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is just, just across they the want area. to keep the Bombonera they want to give like a like a museum mm. and make like a concert or something like that. And also they, I don't know if I'm, I'm right, but they want to make like a kind of mall, you know, like a shopping mall. Oh, that's <laughs> so nah, horrible. terrible. No, I say, when I hear that, I say like, no, this is not possible. But, and they make a completely brand new stadium, like one block away, mm. even less from, from La Bombonera. So all the members, they reject that project, you know, like we, we don't want that. We want to keep the, the as, as you mentioned before, you know, this, this identity we have in our stadium. And, um, 
And I think uh, the best way is just to keep the, the style we have. And of course, we have to really add a little more places. And I think the best way is just to make a circle stadium to keep the same atmosphere, you know, mm -hmm. like from, from the supporters. The problem is behind that, um, that kind of, uh, yeah, boxes we have there, it's a, it's a street. And uh, and you got to buy the house. The club's got to buy the houses, right? Yeah, and the houses. It's like it's another issue because so many of of these uh, owners of these houses doesn't want to leave that home. You know, oh, they're all members of Boca. I imagine they just <laughs> walk across the road and they're in through the turnstiles. Fantastic. It's true. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it happens often that the clubs presumably offers two, three, four, four five times the amount of the actual flats worth, right? That people they just don't want to sell. They didn't want. Well, not most of them, but. It's like the 70% of, of the, even, well, yeah, the 30% doesn't want that. So, if Boca don't win the Libertadores, who do you want to win the Libertadores? Any team except River Plate. Any team. Even no, Godot Even Godot Cruz. You don't mind if San Lorenzo or Godot Cruz or... No, no. San Lorenzo is our second enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, really, I don't care. You know, well, of course, I don't want River Plate, of course, I have to be honest with you, but... I I gonna no I don't know, gonna start to watch a new season of Netflix movie or something <laughs> like this TV series. I'm not gonna care anymore about Libertadores for me. It's all about the weekends in the Super League, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when football really. Yeah, begins. no, but really for us, it's our obsession is is is, is the Libertadores. Even we have a song for for that, you know, like we already sing that song to to Rossi when he arrived too. To the airport, so no to, pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. So you come here, but you know you had to well adapted to our necessities nowadays. Especially because we have more than 15 years. When the, mm. that was the last time when we won the Libertadores. So it's it's complicated. It's complicated. And we have like two finals. We lost two. No, three finals after that. No, sorry, two finals. And one was before on Caldas, but. Uh, yeah, one with Corinthians yeah. and the last one with River Plate. So. Are you going to the game next week? The return leg? Yes. Yes. Yeah, to the, the Sunday and the return. The game return leg, yeah. Yeah, I'm a member. I go in every, every, every time. Game. Yeah, every time when they, we are allowed to go, you know, because uh, as, as locals, because we don't have another chance to, to be uh, as a visitor. What about you, Windsor? Who do you back? Well, well Liga de Quito is my... Is my hipster sure. offering? Yeah, but if I if you ask me who's the best side in it, yeah, I like Gremio. I was impressed with them in the group. I thought they were even, really even when they lose Everton. Yeah, like I think I just I thought it was a collective unit. They were they were the best side I've I've seen. Um, River, there's something quite ominous about River. I've I covered their game, uh, the nil nil against Cruzeiro in the first leg, and there's something about them that. I don't think Gashada, he obviously never panicked, like, I know it's difficult for you talking about River, but I don't, he never, he never panics, like, to me, he just, he also just looks spectacular on the touchline, he looks like he should be managing in Europe, I think, um, and obviously he's had, he's had huge success with River, but he, he just doesn't, there, there was a real calm about River. This is, this is what I'm talking about before, you know, about the, how he, this team is confident, you yeah. know, it's like, they, and really they missed the penalty in the last minute, and it's still, it didn't, you know, nil-nil at home when you've got to go to Cruzeiro in the second leg, you'd think it was a... It's, it's a we call it like the mystic of, uh, of uh, 
of a team who won already the Libertadores Cup. He is so confident. This is the same happened with uh, Carlos Bianchi when mm -hmm. he won, when he was in in Boca Juniors. We we have so many. For example, the the final with Palmeiras, we draw two two here in La Bombonera, and then we play in Palmeiras and in Parque Antártica, and and, uh, and we we play, and then we go into penalties, and, and in penalties. Sometimes you can just yeah. So my yeah, yeah my so well, I hit the choices league at Iquito. Hmm. I think Gremio are the side that I think are the best left in it, and River I wouldn't be surprised if they won it. Yeah, you Oli? And what about Boca? I just, <laughs> they, 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 they are still in the tournament as well. They are also participating in the... I mean, I just haven't seen anything from Boca that... Okay, it's a, a fantastic result, right? In the first leg, fantastic result. But I haven't seen anything in the, from them that I've seen this season. I haven't seen anything to suggest that they can win it. a completely new... Maybe you will, but yeah. Maybe De Rossi's going to... They'll get through next week because... They they win at the Bombonera and Libertadores. It's just that will just happen. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll do enough. They'll either win or definitely get the draw. I was surprised need. about Atletico Paranaense because in the group when we play there, yeah, they, they smashed you. Much yeah. better. Marco Rubin with a hat trick just Terrible. destroyed you. Yeah. But yeah, this week was the, the number seven Rob is really good striker. Yeah, really. but selfish. Yeah, he does too much, and I think earlier in the week he was trying too hard on his own to mm. be the guy mm. Marco Rubin had no service aside from one header yes. that he put over the top of the crossbar yeah. and they were just resorting to long range efforts mm -hmm. by the end of it mm -hmm. and that's in part because Boca did a really good job of smothering the heart of the midfield as you'd expect with four central midfielders and, and a decent back two as well but also, they just ran out of ideas, Atletico Paranaense. They didn't really know or have anybody else to make that dynamic run or play that telling ball in the final third. Boca did a really good job of weathering that storm time and time again and then hitting with a, a little bit of luck and good fortune, but a cracking strike from Alexis. Really, really nice goal. And I def definitely back them for the next leg. Who do you fancy for the whole thing, though? I still think Olympia will turn around Liga de Quito. After being three, if you wonder what, what I don't know what it is that makes both Liga de Quito and Olympia like the hipster choices, but from an English perspective, I, seeing Roque Santa Cruz play for Olympia is great. Well, and Nesta Camacho as well. Nesta Camacho and Messi as well. Nesta Camacho really tidy. Good little number seven. Yeah, really. How was the first game of Liga de Quito? Liga de Quito won three one. Yeah, but altitude, altitude against Olympia. Yeah, but um. But yeah, so Rocky Santa Cruz experienced forward, Escamacho and Mendieta. They've got some bullish fullbacks mm. as well, uh, who I quite like. I mean, they're 3-1 down. Also. Yeah, they've got, <laughs> they'll come back against Liga de Quito. In terms of actually like the best side that sure. I've watched, Internacional are very complete. With a nice beat Nacional in the first leg. In the first leg, yeah. In Uruguay. A last minute goal. Yeah, last minute goal um, from Guerrero oh, yeah. to. Yeah, but it was nice a mistake of the. I think I saw the. the, the I watched the game. It was a problem in the defense, no? No, or Wellington Silva just cut inside yeah. and then a little bit of space opened up on the right yes. side of the 18 yard yeah. box, played into the Peruvian and he finished it. But, yeah, in the last but they, they have like South America's version of Angolo Cante in this mm. midfielder, Patrick, who is. Brilliant to watch. Patrick. Also, Patrick is the Brazilian who would call him. There's no I, there's no E. It's Patrick. Uh, yeah. And he's 
he'll, he'll happily go wide though down the left channel and try and put some service into uh, they've got Ed Nilsson who's a very creative attacking midfielder as well who I've been impressed with and they've got some backup as well and some players like Rafael Sobis who comes on and, yeah. and seems to make an impact every time he plays and this Nico Lopez the Uruguayan who scored three goals in the group stage and was okay and really dropped off at the end of it but still there's a lot of huff and puff about them and, and they, they could play, play. I mean, I mean, they, they play the winner of Emelec Flamengo, which Internacional, if Internacional go through, and then you'd expect them to be in the semi-finals. And, and after that, it could be Gremio, perhaps. And mm. a Gremio side without Everton, they played them recently in the Cup as well, and they obviously know a lot about each other. Those Where's two Everton going? I saw you strongly linked to Arsenal. Yeah, massively linked to Arsenal. Oh, that's a big step. Yeah, well, I mean, I've not seen enough from him. I've covered, I've covered Gremio's... Game. I mean, he's exciting. He's, he's exciting. He's good to watch in the Libertadores. He's like Arjen Robin in that he's got one foot and plays on the opposite flank, and he always wants to cut inside and pull the trigger. And there are so many defenders that let him do it that it baffles me how he gets away with doing it on his tiptoes, like yeah. But he's um, look, he's a key to their attack. Nothing, so everything went through him that was productive the other night against Libertad until the sending off and then it all just got very weird indeed I've never seen a side benefit from a sending off more because the guy that scored the opener was a centre forward that was brought on to be the big unit up front to hold up play and the guy who got the second goal against Libertad was the guy that replaced uh, the man that was sent off in the back four so they could recreate a 4-4-1 basically for the so the two substitutions they made to solidify things ended up scoring the goals against Libertad while down to 10 men. And the Paraguayans were woeful in terms of creating any sort of chance. They put everything through this teenager, Ivan Franco, the 19-year-old, who looks like he can play, but if he's putting a whole team on his shoulders in the round of 16 in the Libertadores, it's far too much for him. Particularly when Gremio realised that and just had two men on him in the middle of the park every single time. So Gremio will be through the next round. And then, yeah, after that, into beat them in the semi-final, into into river final, into river final, I reckon. So for you, we're crossing again in the final with Liga de Quito. Okay, Liga de Quito. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my least choice, but I don't know. River look. There's something about this river side. Just the consistency. Mm. They, play, they play really nice football around the final third mm. against Cruzeiro. There were a number of times where there was some really neat triangle work just on the corners of the 18-yard box to either find a little penetrating pass or a bit of space on the overlap. Was a good watch at times from them. Defending the Libertadores is pretty hard though, so I mean... Yeah, yeah you, you were the last side to do it, right? 2001? 2001, yeah. No, the last time someone won back to back titles. Uh, no, no, 2000... Back to back, you know, it was. Uh, no. yeah, it was Mocco in 2001. They've definitely hoped so, otherwise. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Everything I've said this week is incorrect. Yeah. Sorry. Last time, back to back? Yeah, 2001, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's everything in terms of the teams we've covered for the last 16. Well, what about. Let's go through the. Next week's games, okay. I'll pick a winner for, for each one who's going to go through. Not who's going to win on the night, but who will go through between mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we've got, okay, first up, River Plate against Cruzeiro. 0-0 after the first leg. For me now, the, you mean like the... Who, will, who, who, who will goes the, the first one, yeah, I think River. River? River. River. Yeah. yeah. Cruzeiro. 
I really like River, but I've, I've seen Cruzeiro more. Oh, my heart says he's injured. Oh, no, he had an ear infection. Yeah, so he might be back. He should be alright. Yeah. Yeah. My heart says, uh, my heart says Grosado, but yeah, I, also, I, to be honest, I think River play he always can come manage this pressure. Yeah, yeah, he's good. An absolute unit. Yeah. Back for them. San Lorenzo, Cerro Porteño, nil nil from the first leg. Cerro Porteño. <laughs> San Lorenzo looked like they boxed out from the highlights. Really? Season. Yeah, they they created far more chances from what I saw. So I'll go with San the Pizzi style, do you think, is going to come back with the Libertadores? <laughs> like three, they've they've, they've got the best t- chant in Argentinian football that I've heard, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Godoy Cruz, Palmeiras, 2-2, with the Palmeiras. Brazilians with two away goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you've got to believe Palmeiras. And I think it's going to be like 3-0, free, free, free goals difference between yeah. Young side, yeah. it would be tough. And I also have Felipe Melo, it's like... I don't like him. You like it? No. I saw so loads of him in Europe, but now, now I don't know. He's just this. I want this guy for. for he's, he's a caricature of a caricature. Would you have him over De Rossi? Uh, well, it's two different things. He's, he's less, <laughs> less likable. No, I, I think. Well, he always uh, was talking about how he was passionate about uh, Boca Juniors as well, Felipe Melo. He was like always talking about good things about. Uh, the Bombonera and the Boca fans, I think he is one of the... I really like... I, I have a friend who we really expect one day he came to... Oh, he's had the chance to make Boca Juniors. It's going to be amazing. He's a typical number five of Boga Juniors, like a tough guy, you know, like... A, he's, he's, he's a tough guy who definitely, definitely wants to be known as a tough guy. Exactly. I want this guy for my team, definitely. definitely. Uh, Liga de Quito against Olympia. The Paraguayans, 3-1 down after the first leg. Liga, Liga but yeah, uh, but very tough game. Eh? I think it's going to be like uh, really, really complicated for Liga, but I, uh, at the end, it's, Liga is going to pass. The, the 2-0 win Olympia on home soil. Uh, go go through a match at Bryce. Uh, Rocky Santa Cruz gets one in like 86 minutes, I'd say. <laughs> but yeah, not that I want to you know, pigeonhole it too much, but yeah. Uh, Windsor? Quito? Uh, Liga de Quito, I think. Uh, Inter, the Uruguayans away Inter, from home against Inter. Inter for Brazilians, for sure. Yeah. Emelec, uh, Flamengo. Emelec 2 0 up against Flamengo going to Brazil. I think, I think Flamengo, Flamengo can, can turn, turn around and, and win 3 0 at the Maracanã. Might be the most exciting second leg yeah, potentially. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's super it interesting. Is. It is. Yeah, I think uh, Flamengo too. It's gonna pass. And, and if, if they, they don't, don't go through, I think there's riots in the Flamengo fans. Yeah. Maybe in our office to be I take Emelec. I go with really? Emelec on that. Yeah. Okay. Hold out. Defensive. They've got a lot of big bodies in there in that Emelec side, mm-hmm. so I might be able to hold out. Um, there's one obvious answer coming up. Paranense. Atletico Paranense against Boca. I want to see who is going to cheer for <laughs> Atletico Paranense now. I'm going to be the last one. I'm saying Boca because I'm going there on Sunday, so I need to be on good yeah, as Boca. Boca will do it. It's going to be also a tough game, eh? I think, because uh, Boca is like a kind of development team, you know, it's a brand new team, you know, mostly of his incorporation we have. Shown to the fans before kickoff or anything like I, I don't think the rest is going to. But Rory is going to be in the bench, you know, as a substitution. I mean, no, will, will they like present to him kind of yes. before kickoff? Yes. For oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Gremio Libertad, last one. Gremio 2 0 up. Gremio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty simple. Well, pretty much we're sharing the same feeling, you know, mm. about the 
same brand. Uh, Dave and I have become very in tune with South American football. You know, we know what the locals feel. <laughs> yeah, I've been here yeah. a couple of weeks now. <laughs> so if um, now we, if we Boca crossing, if we beat uh, Paranaense, we then you play the winner of Liga de Quito against Olympia. Oof. I mean, I mean at this, this stage, stage it's, it's all tough, tough right? right? Yeah, I know. That is gonna I don't want to be going to Quito, though. The altitude. Yeah. Is <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And River, Crusader. Do they even play San Lorenzo or Cerro Porteño? You know what? The, the lack of... Because when you look back through the last few Libertadores, there's always, or seemingly always been, particularly in the last few years, a Colombian side. And the lack of Colombian sides means that there's a void filled that maybe an Ecuadorian or... Paraguayan or even Nacional can can step into as being that road team that makes a semi-final. And on that, oh, it would be nice to see like not like like Brazilian go really deep. And like Liga de Quito, certainly can easily be that side mm-hmm. do it with the advantage. Yeah. Big thanks to Nico for joining us on the podcast this week. There will be more Wilson and Windsor talk Copa Libertadores coming up in about seven days' time. Also, remember to get onto SoundCloud, go to WW Podcast and like the show on there. Subscribe to us as well if you want to, and to go onto iTunes and look out for us there as well. Apologies for the sound this week. We're working on that. We've got a dodgy microphone. All things should be sorted for the second episode. And until then, enjoy all the Libertadores football.